Hello, I'm Maria Titizian. And I'm Rubina Margosian, and welcome to the Weekend Review for the week of December 17. In the news, Pashinyan and Aliyev meet in Brussels during the EU Eastern Partnership Summit. Armenia says it remains ready to launch the process of normalizing relations with Turkey without preconditions. Yerevan Mayor Haik Marutyan faces a vote of non-confidence from the ruling civil contract party. On December 14, Armenia's Prime Minister Nigol Pashinyan and Azerbaijan's President Ilham Aliyev met in Brussels under the auspices of the EU Eastern Partnership Summit. Their meeting was mediated by the President of the European Council, Charles Michel. According to the Prime Minister's official website, the implementation process of the trilateral statements of November 9 and January 11, as well as the agreements reached on November 26, were discussed. During the meeting, Pashinyan stressed the need for the full implementation of the trilateral statements, including an immediate solution to humanitarian issues, ensuring the return of POWs, hostages, and other detainees. Reference was also made to the work aimed at opening regional communications. The sides reaffirmed the agreement on relaunching the railway, which has not operated since the collapse of the Soviet Union. With the railway, Armenia will gain access to Russia and Iran. Azerbaijan will be linked to Nakhichevan. It was also confirmed that the the railway will operate in accordance with the internationally accepted border and customs rules based on the principle of reciprocity under the sovereignty and jurisdiction of the respective countries. Taking concrete steps to reduce tensions in the region and possible steps aimed at carrying out demarcation and delimitation of the borderline as well as building mutual trust between Armenia and Azerbaijan were also highlighted. In a statement following the meeting, Charles Michel touched upon the establishment of direct communication link between the defense ministries of Armenia and Azerbaijan. He welcomed the recent release of 10 Armenian detainees by Azerbaijan and the handover of all remaining mine maps by Armenia and announced that the EU intends to to launch an economic advisory platform to build confidence, contribute to peaceful coexistence, and build up economic cooperation in the region. In regard to easing tension in the region, Michel stressed that ensuring the appropriate distancing of forces is an essential element of incident prevention. The EU will make available an expert mission um, or a consultative group to support the border delimitation demarcation issues by providing technical assistance to both countries. President Michel also emphasized the importance of restoring communications infrastructure between Armenia and Azerbaijan while fully respecting the sovereignty of all countries. Before the trilateral meeting kicked off, I announced during a joint press conference with NATO Secretary General that if Armenia wants the Lachin Corridor to remain without customs checkpoints, then it should provide the same conditions for Azerbaijan on the so-called Zangezur Corridor. He added that if Armenia refuses to give Azerbaijan free access to the Zangezur Corridor, then the latter will place customs checkpoints on the Lachin Corridor. He also stated that the Zangezur Corridor is not only important for Azerbaijan, but that it is also important for Armenia, as through the corridor, Armenia can gain access to Russia and Iran. Following Aliyev's remarks, Prime Minister Pashinyan announced in a Facebook post that Azerbaijan was trying to bring the issue of opening communication routes to a deadlock. Pashinyan and Aliyev also had a one-on-one -on -one meeting for several minutes after Charles Michel uh, left them uh, alone in the room. This was their first um, sort of private meeting after the 2020 Artsakh war. And after the EU Eastern Partnership Summit, there was also a trilateral meeting held between 
Pashinyan Aliyev and French President Emmanuel Macron um, at the latter's initiative. No details have been released about that conversation. On December 13, Turkey's Foreign Minister Mevlut Cavusoglu announced that Armenia and Turkey will appoint special envoys for starting dialogue. He also added that Turkey has discussed this with Azerbaijan and will continue to discuss normalization of relations with Armenia moving forward. Cavusoglu also noted that Azerbaijan and Turkey are working together to establish peace and security in the region. Two days later, Cavusoglu announced that Turkey will appoint Serdar Kilic as the special envoy, who is a career diplomat with over 30 years of experience. In response, Armenia's foreign ministry spokesperson Bahan Hunanyan announced that Armenia has always been and remains ready for the process of normalization of relations with Turkey without preconditions. According to Hunanyan, Armenia assesses positively the statement of the Turkish foreign minister on the appointment of a special uh, representative and confirmed that Armenia will also appoint a special envoy for this uh, new dialogue. And in this regard, U.S. State Secretary Antony Blinken tweeted that the United States welcomes and strongly supports the statements by Turkish Foreign Minister Mavlu Cavusoglu and the Armenian Foreign Ministry on appointing special envoys to discuss the process of normalization. Russia's Foreign Ministry Representative Maria Zakharova also announced that Russia supports the normalization of relations between Armenia and Turkey, adding that it will lead to the improvement of the situation in the region. And speaking of the region, on December 10, the first meeting aimed at establishing a regional consultative platform was held in Moscow in the format of 3 plus 2. Uh, the 3 is Russia, Turkey, and Iran, and 2 is Armenia and Azerbaijan. Georgia had announced earlier that it is not interested in participating in the regional cooperation format. The representatives of Armenia, Russia, Iran, Azerbaijan, and Turkey at the level of deputy foreign ministers participated in this meeting. According to Armenia's Ministry of Foreign Affairs, the scope of possible regional cooperation was discussed at the meeting, including the issues with regards to economy, transport, culture, and humanitarian spheres. Armenia's deputy foreign minister, Vahek Kevorkian, who represented Armenia at that meeting, reiterated the position of the Armenian side that the agenda of the regional consultative platform should be aimed at creating a mutually beneficial and comprehensible uh, agenda of regional cooperation by refraining from duplication of other international platforms, including those with conflict settlement mandates. An agreement was reached to continue the consultations based on respect for the rights and inclusiveness of all countries in the region. Further meetings will be decided upon through diplomatic channels and will take place rotating from country to country. In more international news, last week Azerbaijan tried to use the platform of the ninth session of the UN Convention Against Corruption that was held uh, on December 13 to 17 in Sharm el-Sheikh for anti-Armenian propaganda. The Azerbaijani delegation organized an event titled Misuse of Fundraising Activities for Corruption and Related Criminal Purposes on the sidelines of the convention and used the opportunity to accuse Armenian organizations which raised funds to support those affected by the war as institutions for financing terrorism and to present the realization of the right of the people of Artsakh to self-determination as separatism and terrorism. Rafael Mosesian, a member of the Armenian delegation who was present at the event organized by Azerbaijan, strongly criticized Azerbaijan's attempt to use the UN platform for anti-Armenian rhetoric during his speech and demanded that Azerbaijan stop hate propaganda against Armenian organizations who tried to draw the attention of the international community to the violence against the civilian population of Artsakh, the crimes against humanity, violations of international humanitarian law, the destruction of Armenian cultural and religious heritage, 
heritage during the war in 2020 and the humanitarian crisis created as a result of the aggression of Azerbaijan. He reminded Azerbaijan of the December 7 decision of the ICJ uh, on interim measures on Azerbaijan, which require Azerbaijan to take steps to stop propaganda of racial hatred and discrimination against persons of Armenian descent, including by officials and state institutions. A very limited number of foreigners physically participated in the meeting and they left the hall immediately after the speech of the Armenian delegation. And this is very, uh, I don't know, strange because it's not directly hate speech, it's just accusations at this point and they're not aimed at like um, the citizens of Armenia at this point, it's uh, targeting the diaspora. Right, well... Now to local news. Last week we reported that five returned POWs uh, were detained for violating the duties of military service. On December 11, four of them were arrested for deserting their posts when Azerbaijani forces attacked them on November 16. According to Armenia's investigative committee, on November 16 at around 11.30 a.m., Azerbaijani armed forces attacked three Armenian positions near Ishkhan Asar mountain in the Sunik region. Instead of uh, returning fire at the attacking forces, the soldiers tried to negotiate with the Azerbaijani soldiers, who then tried to capture them, and as negotiations failed, uh, the Armenian soldiers attempted to flee. As a result, Azerbaijani armed forces were able to take control of the Armenian positions and capture 24 Armenian soldiers. Out of the 24 captured soldiers, three bodies and seven POWs were returned to the Armenian side, including the four that were just uh, arrested. The whereabouts of another 14 soldiers are still unknown. And speaking about Armenian POWs held in Azerbaijan, Ilham Aliyev told a Spanish newspaper that after Azerbaijan returned 10 POWs to Armenia who were detained in mid-November, four of them were arrested by Armenian law enforcement, which he described as concerning. He said that testimony from other captives held in Azerbaijan indicates that if Azerbaijan were to return more detainees, they might be tortured in Armenia. So they're, they're saying they have detainees yes. before mm -hmm. now. They were saying, well... Well, also last week, um, one body of a soldier killed during the 2020 Artsakh war was retrieved uh, as a result of ongoing search operations. Uh, to date, 1,704 bodies have been found. And on December 16, My Step Alliance of Yerevan City Council filed a motion for a vote of non-confidence against Mayor Haik Marutyan. During the week, rumors started circulating that Marutyan had held a secret meeting with opposition Army Alliance leader Robert Kocharyan. Those rumors were, however, denied by Marutyan Speaker Hagop Karapetyan. Civil Contract Party member Arsen Torosian told Civilnet on December 16 that Haik Marutyan had cut off his ties with the ruling party that had brought him to power over a year ago. In December 2020, Marutyan left the civil contract party. Torosian also noted that in 2018, the residents of Yerevan did not vote for Marutyan. They voted for the MyStep Alliance, and Marutyan was number one on the list at that time. He stated that the Yerevan mayor's position was political and that the mayor could not cut off his ties with the party that it that he represents. Torosian stated that the issue needed a solution, and at the moment, the solution was to file a vote of non-confidence. In the evening, Prime Minister Pashinyan met with the MyStep Alliance members to discuss the situation around the Yerevan mayor. Late at night, Marutyan posted on Facebook that he had never met Kocharyan and did not intend to join any other political party. The MyStep Alliance has nominated Hrachia Sarkisyan, the first deputy mayor, as their candidate for mayor. The other 
city council factions can also nominate a candidate within 36 hours after the non-confidence motion has been submitted. Three working days after the motion has been submitted, a secret vote will take place and the city council members will elect a new mayor. Yeah, so interesting days ahead for municipal politics in, <laughs> in Yerevan. And in other local news, the situation in the city council of the town of Vedi has also been uh, quite tense. There will be a second round of municipal elections in that city where elections were held back on December 5. Civil contract mayoral candidate Garik Sarkisyan announced on December 16 that city council members of the civil contract and the Republic Party had uh, put their mandates down to end the deadlock that had emerged after the elections when the political parties were unable to form a coalition. During the December 5 elections, newly formed My Powerful Community Party had won about 42, 43% of the votes. Civil contract had come in second with uh, just over 38% of the votes, and the Republic Party was third with 16.31% of the votes. None of the parties had secured enough votes to form a governing body on their own. Uh, My Powerful Community uh, would have to form a coalition with one of the other parties in order to be able to elect a mayor of its choice. The date for the new elections has not yet been set. So clearly, while in other uh, cities and towns, uh, these coalition building had worked, in Vedi it hasn't, and now they're going for another round. Well, it worked in Abovian. Today, Abovian right. City Council elected Edward Babayan as mayor, who previously served as Prosperous Armenia Party leader Gagik Tsarukyan's security chief and was also elected to parliament during the 2018 SNAP parliamentary elections. In 2019, however, Babayan was sentenced to 3.5 years imprisonment for causing bodily harm to an individual, but he was released after an amnesty that year. Right, and now so he's now mayor. mayor of Abovian, right. And uh, Vanatsor's former mayor, Mamigon Aslanian, whose alliance won the majority of votes in the municipality elections of December 5, has been arrested on charges of abuse of power and fraud. He is accused of allowing construction on public lands for his personal gain. Um, during the December 5 elections, Aslanian's alliance had secured 38.7% of the votes, which means that the alliance will not be able to get its candidate elected as mayor without forming a coalition with other parties. Civil contract came in second with 25% of the votes. So also here we have some issues. A similar yeah. mm-hmm. scenario, yes. And there was also arrests in the military this week. On December 13, Armenia's investigative committee reported that two high-ranking military officials were arrested and one was detained for stealing tents from a military unit, then selling those tents back to the defense ministry. Six tents worth 6.7 million drums were reported missing after the 2020 Artsakh war, and then those tents were sold back to the Ministry of Defense. Well, in other news, according to Azerbaijan State Customs Committee, Azerbaijan has been able to uh, secure revenue in the amount of 1.1 million U.S. dollars from its checkpoints on the Goriskapan Highway since September. Iranian trucks continue to travel on that portion of the highway. Upon reaching the Azerbaijani checkpoints, they register and pay customs tax, similar to what they would pay if they were to enter Azerbaijan from other border checkpoints. When the alternative Gapan Arvani road became operational last month, it was reported that parts of the road were really quite difficult to navigate for these large trucks um, and equally difficult in snowy conditions. And we had seen some footage of you know these trucks not being able because it's very windy and curvy roads. And not wide enough. Not wide enough, right. And in reports published by Meta, that is currently Facebook and Citizen Lab this week, Armenia was among several countries where a surveillance software called 
Citrox was used for spying on citizens, among them public figures and representatives of the media. The malware was spread through fake links, which were sent by text messages and mes uh, messenger. According to media expert Sanvel Mardirosian, this is the first time the, uh, that Armenia is included in the list of countries which use surveillance software to spy on their citizens. It is not known who exactly was targeted in Armenia. I, I would just love them to read our messages, Rubina. <laughs> they would be bored to death, Maria. They're, they're so operational day to day. And <laughs> well, in the morning of December 13, when the first batch of Yerevan's newly acquired buses hit the streets, transportation was paralyzed in the capital as the bus drivers went on strike, demanding higher pay and better working conditions. The municipality had announced earlier that the salary of bus drivers would be about 260,000 Armenian terams for 15 days of work a month. That's about 500 US dollars. The bus drivers were complaining that under the previous system where they paid a daily sort of sum to the owner of the route, because yes, it, we called it public transportation, but in reality, it, it, was, part of it was privatized. Um, so they would pay a daily sum to whoever owned the route and would keep the rest um, as you know, re revenue. And according to them, their monthly salary hovered somewhere around 350,000 dirhams. Um, and then later in the day, the drivers resumed, um, went back to work after meeting city hall representatives and reaching an agreement that salaries would be increased and working conditions would be improved. But there's absolutely no detail as to how much of an increase, when, and so on. Well, um, Army about transportation, about air transportation this time. Armenia's national carrier, Fly Arna, was officially registered on December 10. The airline was established by the Armenian National Interest Fund and Air Arabia, the low-cost airline. Fly Arna still has to receive an aircraft operator certificate from Armenia's aviation committee before it will be able to operate flights. It will be based in uh, Zavartnots airport and will start operating flights in April-May of next year. In the beginning, the airline will have two airplanes and will offer two directions. However, the company aims to acquire 15 airplanes in the next five years. And uh, as always, uh, we end our weekend review with the COVID situation, which has stabilized in the country. Only 3% of tests have been positive over the last week with uh, 1,235 total new cases. The number of patients receiving treatment is less than 7,000 at the moment. And despite the low number of new cases, the number of daily deaths still remains high. Um, just over the last seven days, 118 people have died because of COVID. And uh, the vaccination process uh, is also continuing. Uh, over 29% of the country's adult population are now fully vaccinated, while another 43% have received their first dose. And this week, Portugal uh, announced that it will be donating 40,000 doses of the Pfizer vaccine to Armenia. And that's the kind of week it's been here uh, in Armenia. Thank you for listening. Have a good weekend. And we will be back again next Friday. <laughs>